Oh, it was a podcast. Well, I was talking about, you know, how to get your message out there. One of those things in podcasting is really you have a platform to say what you need to say. And when it comes to nonprofit work, we always have to find what seems to be like other people's platforms to spread our message on. Why not have your own message, your own platform where you can talk about the things that you care about, educate your audience and then have donors knocking on your door, having volunteers show up to help you just because they heard your podcast. You're listening to the Nonprofit Problem Solver Podcast, brought to you by KevKayat.com. Kev helps nonprofit leaders deliver more impact faster and easier, so they can be mission accomplished in 40 hours a week or less. For more information, visit KevKayat.com. Because good causes deserve better results. Now... Here is the host of Nonprofit Problem Solver, Kev Kayat. Hello, and welcome to Nonprofit Problem Solver. Every nonprofit is working hard to create positive change in their community, but if you're running a nonprofit, you know it's not straightforward. There's so much to do to run an organization well and fulfill your mission. And that makes you the Nonprofit Problem Solver. I'm your host, Kev Kayat, and for 30 years, I've been helping mission-driven organizations in the UK, the US, and Canada transform their impact, whether in startup mode or as large-scale public services, by focusing on the things that genuinely make a difference for the communities they serve. My role here, along with my guest, is to make your job easier by sharing practical, tactical expertise around the problems that you face every day, so you can unleash the full power of your nonprofit. If you want more support or have suggestions for future topics, visit kevkai.com. Here's a great idea. Let's do a podcast episode about podcasting. Podcasts are a simple and relatively inexpensive way for nonprofits to reach a wider audience. But actually doing it, creating and producing your nonprofit podcast can be daunting. So today we're talking to Travis Johnson, a fellow podcaster for nonprofits, who you may know is the brains behind Nonprofit Architect. Travis is a terrific ambassador for nonprofit podcasting and has resources available on the Nonprofit Architect website to help get you started. We're gonna walk through some of those steps to show you just how easy it is, while also being honest about what the real challenges are in producing a consistent podcast. One of those is podcasting live. As I've done from the start of the show. But early on in this episode, I actually lose my signal completely and leave you in Travis's capable hands for a brief period. A good example of how things in podcasting are rarely perfect, but don't let that put you off. Let's hear instead how you can get started. And we're live. Welcome, everyone, to Nonprofit Problem Solver. This is the weekly live podcast, sorting out problems for nonprofits. Uh, today, we got Travis Johnson. We're going to be talking about why nonprofits should be thinking about and doing a podcast. Uh, but before we get uh, into that, let me just uh, remind folks that on LinkedIn, 
YouTube or the Facebook group, Nonprofit Problem Solver. You can uh, join in by dropping a question into the chat or a comment, and we will try and incorporate it into our conversation. Uh, if you're watching at a later point, you can also do that and tag myself or Travis, and we will also try and continue the conversation. Uh, so let me also thank my uh, sponsor, Yachtme, the uh, virtual events platform, which is 100% free to nonprofits, as well as remind folks that this is powered by PodPro Audio, making professional podcasting easy. So there we go with our full one-minute introduction. How you doing, Travis? I'm doing great, Kev. Thanks for having me back on the show. Well, I remember, so it was the end of end of March, so uh, episode 29, if you guys want to look it up, uh, it, wherever you get your podcasts, or you can see it on my YouTube channel, uh, Travis came on and told us all about uh, generating recurring monthly income. And so that was a, a fun, really useful episode. Uh, and then we got talking afterwards because we both have podcasts. So uh, tell us, Travis, a little bit about your podcast uh, so you can do your, you know, your your plug for it. And, and then we'll get into this issue about nonprofits themselves doing doing a podcast. Yeah, absolutely, Kev. We host the premier how-to show for nonprofits. We bring in experts from all different categories. You're having problems with your board, we've got episodes on that. You've been having problems with fundraising, hey, we have frameworks to help build that up to make it easy. You need recurring revenue. You wanna worry about your marketing, your branding, or how to, I don't know, run a podcast. We have episodes for all of those things. And because my life's not all about me, if you go to nonprofitarchetype.org, there's also the nonprofit podcast network which kev's also a member of i gotta remember that Streamyard is a right. mirror what? yeah <laughs> it does not a mirror like zoom is a mirror so i gotta point that way to get him over there ah it's crazy uh but the nonprofit podcast network we've got over a dozen shows uh to help you find the thing that you need to find to help you do nonprofit work better because it's all in effect to help you build a stronger nonprofit so how many episodes have you done of nonprofit architect Oh, shoot. A hundred and like uh, 10 or so that are published and we've got like 130 already recorded. And how often do you release them? We release a preview every Friday for the following week's Tuesday episode launch. I'm considering uh, packaging a bunch together and doing one a day for like a month or two months just to see you know, what that looks like and what kind of uh, response that we get on something like that. But we currently do a weekly show. Yeah, We've hit great. top six in six countries and just have a blast doing it and giving you those actionable steps you need to get it done. Well, I see the live ticker moving, but I don't see Kev moving. So I don't know if you can see him and not me or see me and not him. I couldn't tell you. Kev, you still there? Well, it looks like I'm doing this live by myself. So if you're listening in into this live, uh, hop in the chat. Let me know where you're from. I want to see you know, who's on board today, what questions you might have about podcasting. I know I get several questions like why podcasting is important or why podcasting should be a thing. And I went ahead and, and set up a guide, you know, 15 reasons I think that everyone really needs a podcast. And as far as nonprofits go, they have other reasons. One is really getting your message out there, having your platform where you have the conversations that you want to talk about, whether you're trying to solve the homelessness problem, prevent veteran suicide, or even help local cats in your area get adopted. Having a podcast is a way to get your message out there. Oh, hey, Kev. All right. I'm back. Imagine that. Yeah. Sorry. Lost the connection there. 
Um, but who who better to leave uh, the podcast in uh, capable hands than, uh, than than you? So I just picked up that you're talking about um, uh, animal rescue. Was that was that a kitten you were ta- you were rescuing from a tree, or is that a, a podcast you were hosting suddenly? <laughs> oh, it was a podcast. Well, I was talking about you know how to get your message out there. One of those things in podcasting is really you have a platform to say what you need to say. And when it comes to nonprofit work, we always have to find what seems to be like other people's platforms to spread our message on. Why not have your own message, your own platform where you can talk about the things that you care about, educate your audience and then have donors knocking on your door, having volunteers show up to help you just because they heard your podcast. Yeah, I think that's probably the most powerful sort of generic reason to consider a podcast because you can make that human connection with a wide range of different people uh, mm-hmm. and, and basically set the agenda, can't you? Oh, absolutely. Like you sent me a message last week or two weeks ago. You're like, hey, Trav, you want to come in and talk about why nonprofits need podcasts? I said, absolutely. I would love to. I'd love to come on and share your audience with a passion that you and I both share how to get it done and, and how to do it best. So why do you think nonprofits resist the idea of podcasts? Because they're, they're, I mean, there are millions around of podcasts around every day. They're sort of ubiquitous. Um, do you think people are, folk, are, are intimidated by the production of it or the technology or how it fits into their mission? What are the, what are the uh, typical res- forms of resistance that you, you get when you talk to nonprofits about podcasting? I get a lot of resistance talking to really anybody about podcasting. I mean, there's like this platform right here, StreamYard. Like, how am I going to record? Do I need a a camera? Am I going to use StreamYard or Zoom or Riverside FM? Or am I going to like just record it on my camera and then use some kind of software? Like, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. So when people get the idea that they maybe want to start a podcast, they're like, I have no idea what to do or where to start. You know, do I need to go like out and buy like all the fancy equipment to get the headphones and the mixer and all this crazy stuff? And the answer is you don't have to. Right. The answer is you can start right now with something everyone has in their pocket. Right. Some kind of smartphone downloading the Anchor app for free. Get someone on Fiverr to create you some graphics. Or if you're already an established nonprofit, you have graphics and just put whatever your nonprofit show is. And that's your graphics. You can submit it on Anchor. You know, before the end of this episode here, you can get it all set up for free. And people are like, well, you know, I really don't have the time. Well, I mean, I do a weekly show. Do you think I sit down every week and do a weekly show? I know you do it live, Kev, but most people don't, right? Most people no. are like myself and we pre-record interviews and content. So if you're doing a monthly show, you pick out something early in the month, you know, a morning, an afternoon, or maybe even evening, and you record all your episodes in one shot. Right. Now, if yeah, you have a production that's, that's team... Yeah, if you have a production team that does all that back end work for you, like I've got and something that, that we offer as well, I just give my stuff to them. And every week it just shows up. It self-populates. They do all the work for me. So I just got to record it and make sure that they have the audio, the headshot, the bio, some of the stuff that they need. And they do all the work. So it doesn't take a lot of time once the episode's recorded to, to get this thing up and moving. And if you do something crazy like a daily show, you would pick a day in the week. You'd probably pre-record like 40 episodes because something happens and you don't have time to get out a new one, right? You want a lot of those in the can, as they call mm-hmm. them. Episodes you already have recorded that you haven't published yet. So you'd pre-record like 40 of these and then pick the day of the week where you would record the five or the seven, depending on what daily means to you. 
uh, episodes in a single day. So then you can spend the rest of the week putting these out. But if you do a weekly show, which I think is the minimum, at least once a week is the bare minimum, in my opinion, a monthly show, people are just waiting for new content. But you want to have these and you want to set them up and get them done and then create yourself a production cycle to get these things out. Now, you can do it live, right? You can do what we're doing here and do it live. There's a guy named Russell Brunson. He's the co-founder of ClickFunnels, mm-hmm. makes millions and millions of dollars and helps other people make millions of dollars. He did a marketing podcast, he got in his car, he had his phone, he hit record on whatever app, probably Anchor, uh, which is not what I use, but it's free. So what the heck? Recorded it on his phone while driving to work. And when he got it parked, he hit published and that was it. He went live, didn't do any cutting, didn't do any editing, and he just let it go. Well, his podcast has millions upon millions upon millions of downloads. So it doesn't have to be crazy expensive. It doesn't have to be this world-class production. It can be like what I do and what you do. It can be that good, right? But it doesn't have to be. That's not required in order to put together a podcast. So really, it's just figuring out the medium that you're going to use. Like me and Kev got this set up. Like I've got the ring light and I got the fancy camera and I got this stuff. But I didn't start with all this stuff. I started with what I had. And for most of you, starting with what you have, you already have it. You've already got a phone and a set of uh, earphones or headphones. That's how you need to get started. Yeah. When you got the the headphones in, I was thinking like in Russell Brunson's case, uh, often the sound quality from a car isn't great. But if you've got the headphones, that takes a lot of the the noise out Mm -hmm. of it. It cancels it as a, as a, use a very technical audio term and uh and yeah you can you can you can get you can get by with it because that's i think perhaps the 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 biggest learning uh i think with with doing any sort of video or audio is that you can only fix so much in post uh and it's a lot of work if if there's a lot to fix and the the best way to get a, a nice smooth easy workflow is to get you know the, the the best lighting and and sound that you can uh but sound is actually much more important it's much more it's much better particularly with podcasts to have really good uh sound quality which is easier to get right than lighting which you know we we're, we're doing a video cuz it's live and 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 so on uh but you're right there are uh challenges with a live show you know sometimes uh the, the the guests have had emergencies and we've not been able to to uh broadcast and uh mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago i had my turn with covid and i could, I could barely speak um but I've, i was fortunate enough that it landed in between uh you know in, in in a weekend between two wednesday broadcasts so so that worked out okay for me but yeah that's it's it's clearly makes a lot of sense i think the standard uh, approaches to set aside a day or at least half a day and and record as many episodes as possible and then leave it to someone to to cut up and and present for you. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's the way I do it. I mean, I'm full-time active duty Navy. I've got a podcast. I've got a family. There's a ton of different things that I do. I'm guests on a lot of shows. I go in and speak. I did the uh, veteran podcast awards. I got stuff I got stuff. I did the veteran podcast awards and they sent me this sweet hammer. Yeah. Look at this. Wow. Look oh, at yeah. that. Yeah. A little Thor hammer. It's nice and heavy. Yeah, I was say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, in case Asgard needs my help. I have a, a, a hammer waiting by, but I, you know, I do that. I hosted uh, a Miss Oklahoma pageant, you know, earlier this year. It's like I did a wedding a couple of weeks ago. I've done all, all sorts of things in order for me to get all of those things done. I have to have it on, on a schedule where I'm doing certain things. Yeah. And, you know, nonprofits will say something well, like, well, is it worth the time? You know, well, it that's sounds the next like a lot. Thing, yeah. 
yeah. like, like a lot of work. Is it worth the time? We're already doing so many things. What you're not doing is you're not really marketing yourselves. Most of you profits, let's be honest, you're not doing any marketing. And then you're tr- sitting in front of the computer trying to figure out what you're going to post on social media. And you've got to do this, that, and the other. And you're like, where does it all end? Well, when you do something like a podcast, and you record a video and you strip the audio. If you use something like Zoom, I'm sure Streamer is the same thing. It has like an audio only file. You just take yeah. that and you publish that for your podcast. And then you can do things like get the transcription and you can create a blog post, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can pull out chunks of audio using a program called Headliner. And if you yeah. have five questions that you ask a guest and five answers, now you have five pieces of content throughout the week. So you're not trying to figure out what to post on social media. You already have it. You just have to repurpose what you've recorded. And now you have something to post each and every day of the week. So you don't have to figure out what the heck you're going to do. Right. Right. No, I think that's uh, the, the key question is, is it worth it? Is for all the things that you're doing, social media, and maybe you're going out networking at uh, business breakfasts or chambers of commerce or whatever it is that you're doing, what is connecting to your audience the most? What is the most efficient way to reach the largest group of mm-hmm. people? Uh, the one thing you need to bear in mind, of course, with podcasts is it's uh, typically one way. So you set the agenda and maybe you were, if you're having guests, you set the agenda and there's a, a there's a topic that you sort of project to your audience, uh, which is obviously different than having a, a series of conversations, but it's not meant to replace that. It's meant to sort of uh, encourage people to get in touch with you so that you can have those conversations. Oh, absolutely. And when you do something like a podcast, I mean, it's not instant, right? Like I post tomorrow, I'm not going to have a million downloads by the end of the week, unless you have some gigantic, enormous established audience. Uh, But what it does is it builds this thing of content, right? Instead of having to convince everyone you talk to about what you do, what your purpose is and why it should matter to them, you start creating this bank of episodes that talks about all of the things that you care about. So what happens is people that care about those things already they're searching for them online and they find you and all of a sudden the donors are coming to you. The volunteers are coming to you. Potential staff is coming to you because they want to know what you're doing. They're already bought in because they listened to the sound of your voice and they know, like, and trust you. And they're showing up at your door instead of having you to go find all of them. And it just creates this audience. If you're in a small town of, of 1500 people or even, you know, 10,000 or less, do you have only access to 10,000 people? How do you get your message and your voice heard beyond that small town? Well, the, one of the ways to do this is pre take, you know, create some kind of content like a podcast or a video show or what have you. And doing a podcast is a great way, especially if you have guests. I have guests. I know Kev has guests. You know, when this is created, Kev is going to share it to his current audience. But he's going to get some little help from me because I'm going to share it to all of my right. audience. Now, all of the people that in my audience, which is quite large, they have the opportunity to hear about what Kev is doing and what he has to show. Maybe they like my show. Maybe they like Kev's show. Maybe they listen to both shows. Or maybe they're like, you know, yeah. Travis, we haven't really liked what you had to say for a while. And we're switching over to Kev. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't assume that's going to happen. Right. right. The people we're not in competition. <laughs> yeah, it's not a competition. Right. There's not going to be like you only can listen to one or the other. But what you can do is you can start generating conversations with other nonprofits that do some of the same things. One of the big things that I found in my show, one of the reasons I started my show is nonprofits don't take a lot of time learning how to do the stuff. 
Right. Right. So in their office, when they're doing stuff, they can have in the background on the nonprofit architect podcast and they can hear me interview an expert that tells them exactly how to solve the problem they're doing. And they might not be actively listening and they might be doing whatever. And they'd be like, hey, hold on, go back, turn that back. What did he just say? And you can use all the uh, plug in Internet devices like Siri, Alex or whatever you have to listen. And you can say play the nonprofit architect podcast and that can be playing in the background while you're doing chores, any of those things. But when you bring in other experts for you that deal with the same kind of problems that you're dealing with, you're going to find other ways to solve the problems that you're trying to solve with what you're doing right now. If you're doing a cat rescue and you interview someone in another city or another state that's doing this, they might say your, your fans might be like, you know, where do I find a cat rescue in my area? Well, then you interview one and now you've then gained their love and respect and admiration because you're sharing your platform with other people doing the same thing you are. It's, it's not a competition. There's not $10 out there that we're slicing up and you get two and he gets one and they get five, right? There's just millions and millions and millions of dollars out there, but you have to be able to get your message out. But the more people you connect with, the more audiences you get access to, especially if you're in a small town or you as a person, you can only go to how many lunches during a week. I can go to Rotary Club on Fridays and Chamber of Commerce on Mondays. And I can find this other group on Wednesdays. Who did you talk to? 120 people max? When you're doing a podcast, yeah. you can get your message out to thousands, tens of thousands or more for every episode that you do. And you don't have to leave your office to get that message out there. You just have to publish it and find where you're allowed to post it on social media to get access to that audience. If you've got a cat lovers group out there, I don't know why we're talking about cats, but you got a cat lovers group <laughs> on there and they have questions and you can go in there and solve their question. And say, you know, try this, this and this. And actually, I've done a podcast that talks about that. You know, would you like the link? You get permission to post the link. And now you have access to all the people in that group are like, oh, we've got someone in here that's providing us value that can answer our questions. And they have an amazing thing they're doing to help the things that we care and love about at the same time. We would love to support you. Now you've gained access to, I don't know, 600,000 people in that group that now have a clue of who you are and want to support you because you're doing great stuff. You can't find that at a chamber of commerce in your local area. Do they have a lot of good stuff? They do. Huge fan of chamber of commerce. But you only have access to how many people showed up for that lunch or that meeting. And it's not like you are trying to get people who are there scrolling past on a social media feed. Uh, you will obviously pull some folks in. But if you're, as you said, if you're talking to an audience of people who are already interested in that topic, then in a sense, it's sort of warm to your content. And I think this is this this is pretty critical because this the, the I'm assuming that the second area of resistance after the technical point is well, what am I going to talk about? What's the what's the content? And uh, you know, I started my first episode was a was a was a panel uh, of of experts, uh, and then I shifted to the one to one because I could go more in depth into the particular mm -hmm. problem that 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 person was bringing to the table. And so I found that more useful. And the audience said, "Yeah, there's a lot more detail there." So that's why I've done it. So it's very simple for me and I, you do the same thing to find someone to talk to and then we allow the conversation to develop relatively naturally um but if you are a nonprofit and you're talking about like whether well, it's cat rescue or any sort of arts and culture or human service nonprofit say uh, working with the homeless or so on there's there are issues that you care about that are relevant to your area of work mm -hmm. and 
So you've got to have some stance on those. You can talk about that if you just want to share content, but equally you can make it more interesting by adding additional voices. Uh, and oh, it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. an exclusively uh, just us talking or our staff talking or just about us or or um, exclusively interview. You can mix and match, can't you? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. There's like a solo hosted show where it's just a person talking about whatever things they're going to talk about. There's an interview show like we're doing right here. There's a panel like mm-hmm. Kevin mentioned where you could be interviewing 10 people. You get questions from the audience or you ask the people that you know, like, hey, what questions do you want answers to? And then you ask those questions to those people and they answered. Yeah. You can do a co-hosted show like the Kevin Trav show where we're talking about whatever. And sometimes we bring on a guest and sometimes we don't. But you can do a different style anytime you hop on if you want to. Like, hey, you know, special guest host today, uh, have Kev Kayak coming on and we're going to talk about this and we're going to bring on a guest and interview the guest, too. But one of the greatest things that nonprofits have access to is elected officials. If you are trying to solve the homeless problem, mm-hmm. there's people in your city, state or elected federal officials that are also trying to solve the homeless problem. And you can bring them on your show and ask them what they're doing legislatively to help solve the homeless problem. You can ask them offline who the other players are in your area and you can gain access to those people. Now, when this comes up for a vote and they want to bring in an expert, who do they know that's an expert? Well, you, you're the expert. You interviewed them. They're going to bring you in front of Congress or city council or whatever it is, or going to the mayor's office because you're now the expert in their eyes on the problem that they're trying to solve. Plus you have them on camera, you know, saying they're going to do certain things for you, which is, (laughs) which can be helpful too. Right. Right. But it's just a fantastic way to get access to these people because you're helping them share their platform on with your audience. Yeah. And and I, I I like what you were saying earlier about finding someone in another geography Mm -hmm. that addresses similar problems because then you can ask, well, you know, what are the circumstances in your locality? So, you know, we're out in the middle of nowhere in our small rural town and we don't have these resources or amenities local to us. So these are the challenges that we face in dealing with this problem. Whereas, you know, a, a, a cat rescue in a, in a large metropolitan area has got different opportunities, but different challenges as well. You know, maybe there are a lot, you know, just greater volume of cats to rescue, and, you know, and, uh, you know, or different issues. I'm not familiar enough with uh, feline rescue to, to know in, de- in depth what the problems are, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't uh, know a lot about feline rescue either, but there's so many ways to do this. And you're like, well, isn't there like so many other um podcasts out there you know if you saw early in april we went over two million published podcasts in the world and you're like isn't that a lot of people to compete against well really most of them don't get past episode 15 the vast majority of them 60 to 70 percent don't publish 15 episodes which means they might be out there and called podcasts but they're not producing content so you get to the end of the 15 episodes and that viewer that listener they're they're done because there's nothing else to listen to. If you're actively producing week after week after week, they have a reason to come back. Plus it's much less crowded than the blogging world. It's much less crowded than YouTube. And, you know, audio is really more convenient. You know, I can throw in the headphones anytime I'm commuting to work or I'm out for a jog or working at the gym while I'm running errands around town. And even if I'm just cleaning up around the house or the office doing chores, I can have a podcast on in the background playing while I'm doing all these things. So people don't have to 
set aside specific time to listen to you because it's just a little bit less active. It's more passive than actively watching mm-hmm. a video or actively reading. You can listen in the background when I'm doing my work and I'm working like waiting to hop on here with Kev this morning. I had a podcast on in the background playing the whole time feeding me podcasts and audiobooks feeding me. So I'm getting smarter and better each and every day. So what would you recommend is the ideal length? So if we if we've addressed the technical issues and and ways of generating the content, how long uh, how long should a particular episode be? And by the way, you also mentioned the frequency is minimum minimum per week. And we talked about primarily mm-hmm. the the uh, production is a, a, a bulk uh, session, doing lots of episodes all at once, and then having them prepared for later release uh, at least weekly. But how long should they be? Well, there's no real rule on how long they should be, right? There's uh, flash, um, what do they call flash briefings that you can get that are you know up to two minutes long. There's people that do ten minutes or fifteen minute podcasts. The average length, I think, right now on all podcasts is thirty nine minutes. But then you've got people like Joe Rogan and Jocko Willink that talk for hours about whatever their thing is. Really, it just depends on what does your audience want. It might be a quick, fast, down and dirty. I got a friend, Patrick Kirby, also in the nonprofit podcasting space, also can be found on Nonprofit Podcast Network. He does 15-minute episodes. I don't do 15-minute episodes. I don't want to have a guest on me personally that has an hour and a half of content and like, well, we got to 40 minutes, so I've got to cut you off, even though right. we're vibing, even <laughs> though we have a lot of information and a lot of chemistry. I don't want to cut you off. And I don't want to take a guest that has 10 minutes worth of content, try to stretch him out to 40 minutes. No one wants to hear that. So I do for my stuff is I get through the content we want to get through. And then depending on where the conversation goes, as long as it's interesting and active, that's how long my episodes are. But you're going to have to find the right fit for you. Maybe you're like, Travis, like we're way just too, too busy. We can't do longer than 20 minutes. Great. Do a 20 minute episode. They're easy to record. They're quick. You can record three in an hour if you do it just right and everyone's on the same page. And you can get that content done. It's a lot quicker to edit if you want to do editing. And you can get this stuff out there and really help draw people into what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, great. Then, all right. And I'm assuming I was going through these these uh, air, areas of resistance, but I'm sure you're going to throw some others and we'll get to some uh, do's and don'ts shortly. Uh, last thing uh, in terms of resistance is uh, if people, if people start with their, with their podcast, <laughs> are they committed to doing it forever? <laughs> oh, they're, they're not. Breaks. If you're going to do it, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's people that put out seasons. I know that there's a um, like a high school doing a podcast. Well, they do two semesters a year. Right. So you have a different crew running at each semester. And obviously mm-hmm. people know school's not in session over the summer. Right. right. And you've had other people that do quick seasons or they do they do. Uh, what is it? They focus like a three or four episode batch around a single idea. Right. Mm-hmm. They talk yeah. to I want to talk to fundraisers this month and they talk to four fundraisers back to back to back. And then they batch the next idea, whatever it's going to be next month. There's no, there's no, whatever you determine is going to work best for you. That's what you do. But if you put out a weekly show and you say you're doing a weekly show, you had better put out a show every week. Because if you say you're going to do something and don't do it, all of a sudden people don't believe 
what you tell them you're going to do. Right. I don't recommend signing up for a daily show on day one. Like that's just astronomical. Can it be done? Yeah. It can be. Yeah. Done. You're not going to be getting a lot else done, but you can get it done. If you <laughs> <laughs> but this, this is something that when you do this, you build that authority, that credibility. And if you do an interview show, every person you interview makes you smarter. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I've learned so much. And this is what, uh, 50, 58, I think, episode 58. Yeah. Um, you know, so I've come across so many good ideas, have so many rich conversations uh, that, you know, it's certainly it's certainly one of the most fun things I do every week. Oh, I'm with you. I mean, I keep doing this. Uh, not only do I want to provide nonprofits real value and teach them how to do things, but I want to learn stuff. Like I've had Asha Curran from Giving Tuesday. I wanted to find out how she brought in $2.47 billion in a single day last year. I interviewed Steve Sims, who wrote The Art of Blue Fishing, and what he does to create world-class events for Elton John and all sorts of different people. I brought in great leadership guys like Alan Stein Jr., who got to work with Kobe and LeBron, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. And how does that translate to the nonprofit world? I talked to Bob Berg, the author of the Go-Giver series, which is just a phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal book series. You know, I had him on a couple of weeks ago and it was just mind blowing. I would listen to his audiobook while I was riding my bicycle in the Middle East, you know, two years ago. And here I am interviewing in person now. And uh, I've got a guy with the neighborhood kids here doing audiograms for me. And his goal right now is to be the nicest person in the world. That's his goal, which is a great goal. But I knew Bob Berg's episode was going to be in his inbox to create these things. So I went out and bought him the stack of the Go-Giver series. There's like four books and I gave them to him. And then he sent me a message. He's like, I'm sitting next to this guy's stack of books and I'm learning directly from him and I'm creating this thing. And then he gets the, he's like, he's like, so the things that are in my head, I can put them out on paper or media or whatever. And that can feed into someone else's life. And, you know, just him going through that transformation and that realization is, oh, so worth everything that I'm doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Okay. So um, last uh, 10 minutes or so, I'd love to uh, have you summarize in some respects. I know you, you've got um, uh, a downloadable course on setting up a podcast that's still available. Is it? Is it? Uh, I do have a guide. I'm creating a, guide, a course yeah. right now. It uh, is going to be available at Forbes Business School, the University of Arizona here for the spring semester. Really excited about that. But I've got yeah, the ultimate and complete podcast guide. It's like 27 bucks on my page, nonprofit, nonprofitarchitect.org. Go to the resources section, grab, pick that up, uh, take a look around. There's a freebie in there. Grab the freebie. See all the reasons I didn't cover why I think you should start a podcast, whether you start it with me or not. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter to me, but starting the podcast and getting that your voice out there, building the connection with your audience, building that authority. When they know, like, and trust you, they're going to start pouring into your life. Right. So uh, what other do's and don'ts have we not uh, covered? I know it's tried to gallop through a number of areas of resistance that I know I hear nonprofits talking about when we, we talk about not just uh, uh, podcasting, but they re relate in some respects to uh, broader thought leadership or blogging and, and that sort of thing, just getting out there. There's, there's always some resistance to it and some specific things around podcasts that we covered. What other sorts of do's and don'ts uh, have you learned over the course of doing your podcast that you like to share with nonprofits? 
so I made a lot of mistakes starting this, just like everybody does, right? I started with no audience. I wasn't really sure what the vision I was going to do is. And I just knew I had to get started. I got started. I started with a team right away. I wanted to sound professional up front. What some people worry about and what I get asked a lot is they worry about monetization. If your first words or first thoughts within the first five minutes about podcasting is monetization, don't start a podcast. <laughs> can you monetize up front? Can you monetize early? Absolutely, you can. If you've got a product or a service and you use this as a as kind of a marketing arm to draw people into what you're doing and you're selling your own stuff, it's going to monetize, right? That's fine. But if you're like, oh, I've got to get ads and subscribers, the ads spend is pretty low, right? Yeah. You might get paid 18 bucks per 1,000 downloads. So if it takes you three years to get 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 downloads and you're banking on ads, you're not going to have a good time. It's going to be discouraging. You're not going to want to do it. Uh, some other things that I get is people are like, well, I don't like myself on camera. I don't like the sound of my voice or whatever else. For the longest time, I, you know, there's a little button in the bottom right hand corner where you can just kind of minimize everything on your screen. I would do that when I was recording <laughs> and I would take, you know, a card and I've got some command hooks on the back of my laptop and I put the card up there and on the card, it's got some talking notes, right? And it's got a big arrow. It says, look here. So I end up looking at the camera. Right. If you're in Zoom, I learned to stack the Zoom. So like the guest is on top. So when I look the guest in the eyes, I'm still looking relatively at the camera. Right. 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 So, right. so I learned to do that. Uh, some other don'ts is you got to get rid of like the distractions. Right. Like you can't hear anything else going on right now. Uh, I've got the window open, which you might be able to see in the reflection. But the dogs aren't in here to alert me to anything going on in the cul-de-sac. So getting, you know, make sure you're in a quiet place. I had a guest tried to, to be a guest and he's in a coffee shop. I was like, man, you can't like I can't interview yeah. you because the, you can't fix that kind of sound quality if, if you're caring right. about, uh, you know, a quality production. Uh, also, don't jump in and buy a whole bunch of gear. Right. I had like a Yeti that I had gotten from somebody a while ago and I had my laptop. Which camera is a microphone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just for the uninitiated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a Blue Yeti microphone. You see them at like Best Buy or whatever for 60 or whatever dollars. Uh, I didn't upgrade my equipment to what I have now. I have a lot of fancy stuff until I was more than a year in and I was sure that this is what I wanted to do. And I started making money on this thing. I didn't get myself in to that trap of like the expensive gym membership, right? You know, if right. I can't do 10 push ups a day on my own for a month, then I shouldn't but get into a gym membership. If I've never done anything, getting the gym membership is not going to make me do it. It's the same thing with podcasting. If you buy all the stuff, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do it. But getting on and doing a, a Facebook Live every day or getting on and booking yourself a podcast today or a podcast a week to be a guest on and knowing that you want to do it and get into it, then get the equipment, then get the fancy stuff down the road. But you don't have to jump in with that huge financial commitment because if it doesn't pan out in three weeks or you get tired of it, you know, by the end of the year, you're just going to say, oh, this is a big waste and blah, 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 blah. You have to commit to, I think, in my personal opinion, no less than 25 episodes. If you do a weekly show, that's half a year, that's six months. And here's the deal. You're probably going to suck. <laughs> and I say that not because you suck, right? I'm not saying that at all. How often do we try something and we're really good at it? Right. Well, exactly. First time out of the exactly. shoot, really good at it. Never. Like it never happens. Right. And there's someone out there right now like Travis. It totally happened to me. That's great. 
by and large, it never <laughs> happens, right? You, you go out for the football team and you try to run a route as a wide receiver. You don't catch the ball. You don't even find the dang thing. You end up on your back before anything happened. You don't know what the heck you're doing. Same thing with well, swimming, what, riding, bike, what, driving, what, any of that yeah, stuff. When I, when, I, when I started, it was January 2020. It was before COVID, and I was contacting uh, different folks to be on a panel. I said, look, we're going to do a Zoom call with uh, lots of people listening in who are going to be able to ask us questions. And um, and then we're going to, if, if the audio is any good, we'll record it, you know, and, and release it as a podcast. So like, yeah, sure, Kev. And then by the time we started in April, everyone was a Zoom expert because they'd done nothing else for six weeks. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and so actually it was set up, it was set up reasonably well, but it was like chairing a meeting because there were so many voices going mm-hmm. on. And, and and again, after that first series, the first 12 episodes, going to the one-to-ones was like a piece of cake because it was just oh, yeah, having yeah. a... A, a single conversation rather than, you know, people different, like putting their heads up. Oh, I can answer this one. I can answer this one. It was like <laughs> looking everywhere on, on zoom. It was a bit, it was a bit of a challenge. <laughs> oh, I, I bet. I started mine. Uh, I was deployed to the middle East. I was in the kingdom of Bahrain and I started this in the summer of 2019. So it was before anyone was really a zoom expert. I started on zoom yeah. for free. Right. Well, then I found out that free zoom runs out at 45 minutes. It's like right, got right. Cut off. and I had to figure out if it was worth paying for the service and all this stuff and what this looks like. But like I had to do like I did pre-interviews because I had to, I didn't know how to interview. Right. So I did pre-interviews to get to know a person, build some rapport and figure out what mm-hmm. we're going to talk about. And then I would record an episode at another time and I would have, you know, my notes of all the stuff we already talked about. So I knew what to talk about on the show because uh, yeah. I didn't know how to interview anybody. Right. But now in, in today's day and age, there's YouTube videos that show you how to set up Zoom, show you how to create a podcast, take you through Anchor and walk you through step by step of the, the 10 buttons you got to click to make sure you can start your show and how to get it on Apple and all of those things. It can seem daunting. It really can. But if you want to do something like this and take some other things like figuring out social media, take those off of your plate. You've got to create some content somehow. And having something like a podcast is great because like like Kev, Kev's not doing any work right now. Right. Kev is just asking me questions and it's my job to do all the work. When you host your own show, you just got to figure (laughs) out what to ask. Hey, how did you get started? (laughs) <laughs> How did you get started? And they talk for 10 minutes and you didn't have to, you're just, you know, chilling, sitting back, be like, yep, doing a great job, you know? Scribble like, down the notes. like, Travis is great. <laughs> yeah, Travis is great. And then you have, like, if you do a live and someone asks a question, you didn't have to even come up with the question. They asked the question. Oh, yeah, you know, Travis, we got a question from the audience here. It looks like Jerry from Springfield, Illinois, wants to know, where did you get that stuff in the background? You know, whatever the thing is. Right, right. How do I get my own Thor hammer? Right. They, the guest does all the work. You don't have to do a lot of the work other than figuring out a couple of questions to ask. You can coordinate those at any time. You can have them talk about their expertise or whatever the thing is, or you can go look at a couple of YouTube videos of like how to conduct an interview. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. So I guess uh, something I sort of, taken for granted because I've done so many, I mean, even started as a, in, in junior high school as a, as a journalist, you know, doing the student newspaper stuff. So I feel like um, it's a, it's a good point because it's probably something I've taken, uh, taken for granted. Um, final point as we, as we wrap up here, uh, to what extent have you found that 
nonprofit, say let's an executive director, for example, maybe a program director, director of development, interested in doing a podcast, has run up against some resistance with their board. When put another way, how important is it to have your board supporting this as an investment in time uh, in terms of the length of time it's going to take to build the audience. And uh, there's not really much of an outlay, uh, as you said, if you don't do the equipment and so on. But there is there is some cost involved and there's clearly some time involved. Mm-hmm. So what's the what's the pitch to the board to get behind this idea of say a, a relatively small modest nonprofit in a maybe in a, as we were talking earlier in a, in a less populous area actually doing a uh, a, a podcast really is it how, how you pitch anything to your board right if i come in like you know hey it'd be a good idea if we did a podcast what do you think <laughs> you know what kind of well what kind with of that energy travis sure go ahead <laughs> yeah right if you come in and, and you say you know like trying to figure I'm, I'm struggling i'm trying to figure out what to post every week on social media and then because i'm spending so much time doing that i'm not getting out into the community and talking to people and you know and do a b and c like i really don't have you know I, i'm getting stressed out i don't have time to do this stuff and they're like, oh, so what do you want to do? It's like, well, really, I was looking at starting a podcast to help talk about some of the things that we're doing. And I know it sounds a little weird, but I've got a step-by-step guide that shows me how to do it and set it up, and we don't have any upfront costs. Um, but this would allow me to create a content to connect with people on a larger scale, not just around the community here. And then from there, I just take little pieces of content out of what I've already created. And that becomes all my social media posts. So I no longer have to spend any time on that. Plus, the bigger this gets, the more people are just going to be finding us. And it works for our marketing. We can do less of that or we can do this in addition to. And it really is going to be a good tool and a great way to get our name out there. And in fact, I can interview all of you to see why you're involved with this. And then we'll get that out there. And when people are looking for you, then they find us. What do you think? Right. Yeah. And you can market the events. You can tell stories uh, in a, uh, an appropriate way about uh, the work that you do and so on and so forth. Uh, think, about yeah, your, I think, think about your big donors. You know, yeah. hey, I, I would love, you know, the CEO of, of whatever. Like, I would love to interview you and talk about you and your goals and possibly why you chose to support us. And now your donors are getting this extra benefit. Plus, if you have a handful of volunteers, you go, wait, why'd you decide to, to volunteer? What else is going on in your life? And you create these human stories about what it is that you do in your life. If you're helping people directly, you might be able to showcase their story of transformation. Yeah, excellent. Okay, I think uh, we've covered a lot. Is there anything that you think that a nonprofit really needs to understand that we didn't cover? Uh, no, I think we covered just, just about the bulk of this thing. Like, If you have questions... Right. Go to nonprofitarchitect.org, find me on social media and shoot me a question or post right here on this thing and tag me in it and I'll get back to you. Like this is not as hard as we think it is. It's really easy to put together, depending on if you have a commute and you want to do it in your car. All of this stuff is possible, but none of it matters. None of the benefits that we're talking about matter if you never get started. Right. Right. At least do at least have a crack at 15 episodes. (laughs) <laughs> yep, absolutely. Okay, that's great. So, Travis, uh, you just reminded everyone it's nonprofitarchitect.org, and they can find you. Is there a particular social media that you prefer? 
Uh, I'm most active on Facebook. Like if I get a friend request and I get a message, like it pops up in my phone and it's so easy to reply to. I love Facebook Messenger or LinkedIn is probably the best two places to really interact with me. And you have a, a Facebook group as well. I do. So if you're a nonprofit and you're struggling and you're trying to get some answers, hop in the nonprofit architect Facebook community. Uh, there's links you can find it anywhere. If you look at groups on Facebook, search nonprofit architect, that will pop up. Ask your questions in there. Talk to other nonprofit leaders that want solutions or hop in the nonprofit problem solver group. I know Kev's got and ask the question. If you don't ask the question, you can't possibly get the answer. Why not ask the experts directly? Right. And I know that's something we both are, are passionate about and what we try to do every day. Uh, so th- thanks for coming on to uh, my podcast uh, with us second time. And uh, um, I'm sure we'll we'll come up with a reason for a third one in future. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Kev, can't wait. <laughs> we lost weird. Like, se- like separate uh, separate um, pauses there. OK. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. the um, Internet gods are telling us that we're we've run out of time. So I right, guess wrap it up. Let's go. <laughs> um so we'll draw it to a close thanks everyone uh we will be i'm sure kevo is going to say we're going to be back next week same time same channel thanks a lot everyone for being here thanks for listening to the nonprofit problem solver podcast today i spoke to travis johnson check him out at nonprofitarchitect.org This podcast has been expertly produced by Glenn Munoz at PodPro Audio, making professional podcasting easy. Go to podproaudio.com. You can join future conversations live by visiting nonprofitproblemsolver.com. Connect with Kev on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. For more information, visit kevkayat.com because good causes deserve better results.